So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure your photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast where we teach you how to grow your photography business if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog posts check out sixfigurephotography.com now here's your host ben hartley Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 33 of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. My name is Ben Hartley with Style and Story Creative and Six Figure Photography. Look, the entire purpose of the SFP podcast is to help you learn to grow your photography business. And based all around that is this, is this notion of your income, your success is directly tied to how well you serve your clients. That's really what it all comes down to. Today, we have with us Robert Jay Hill. I'm really excited about this because Robert and I are both going to be speaking at Mystic uh, this next year. We run the similar crowd and he's got incredible, incredible work, you guys. He's really known for his destination work and he's made uh, his whole studio, his whole career has been predicated on leaving, getting out and traveling the world and shooting amazing, gorgeous weddings along the way while serving his clients. And so he's going to talk a lot about how he does that, uh, how he serves his clients well, how some of the practical steps to how he does destination weddings, as well, giving some feedback and some thoughts on the photography industry at large as we go. And so I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's jump right in and talk to Robert. Robert, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast, my man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Awesome. Where are uh, Where are you calling from? Where are we talking at? I am in rainy Portland, Oregon today. Man, has it been raining like all week or did the rain just hit? You know, we, we actually, everything's been happening earlier in Oregon this year. So rainy season started like three weeks ago and it is, it is going hardcore right now. <laughs> <laughs> My sister lives in Portland and, uh, man, I miss that girl. There's a lot of really great people, uh, who live in Portland, um, obviously in general, but then like a lot of great friends of mine, uh, who are yeah. there. So, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a little jealous, man. Um, cool. all right. So I, I guess I want to ask this. I, I have this question that's asked to me all the time in ter- in terms of like, you know, how did I get to where? am today? How did I end up acquiring, you know, enough clients and leads, um, to actually go full time, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then every now and then I'll get the question about destination weddings and look, I, I won't try to pretend like I know how to answer certain things that I just don't know. I don't have that experience. And, and I have, you know, we do probably four destination weddings a year but it's not a part of our brand. It's not something that I, to be honest, I don't like doing it because I don't like leaving my wife and my daughter. Um, And so, but this is what, this is what you do um, uh, quite often, if I'm not mistaken. How did, what did that transition look like for you to, to be local, to start shooting more and more destinations? What did that ramp up uh, process look like? Yeah, it, uh, honestly, it was, it was really interesting of, uh, of kind of a process. I, um, really long story short, I started shooting like 10 or 11 years ago. I was a teenager at the time and I started shooting and, um, <clears throat> I, I didn't really know what I was doing. And so at the time I was living in Florida, um, and I'm not a huge fan of Florida, like just the weather and shooting midday sun on a beach. Like I, I was just not really into that. And so, um, but that's kind of how I was brought up in the photography world. My dad's a photographer. Oh, um, nice. and that's, that's where it all started for me. And so, um, after doing that for several years and just not really having any direction or any vision or anything like that, 
I just, I got really burnt out and I shut down. I took a full-time job. And, uh, when I got back into it, um, I actually started going down kind of the same path that I had originally gone down where I was starting to build this. Um, I wouldn't even say it was a brand, but it was more of just, I had a logo and a website and it had nothing to do with really what I wanted to do. It was just, I'm going to go full-time into photography and that's what I was going to do. Luckily, before I ever, uh, really, um, before I ever really launched this, um, I, I luckily didn't hit go <laughs> and I took some time to just really think through what exactly it is that I wanted to do. And if I was going to do photography, where did I want to go with it? And so the number one thing I knew is that I wanted to travel with it. I really, my wife and I, we fell in love traveling the world and it was just something that we just have to do. Um, and so I decided, all right, we're going to focus on traveling. And, uh, you know, I did this at first. It started with just like talking about traveling and I was traveling a lot personally. I was getting shoots. I was, I was kind of making it happen, even if it was for, um, a little bit of a lower price or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, that's, that's a whole nother conversation pricing and that sort of thing. But, um, it ended up kind of hitting this point where it was kind of a put up or shut up moment, I feel like. And, um, we had, my wife and I had been kind of dreaming about going over to Asia for a little while, um, and doing some backpacking, that sort of thing. And that kind of evolved really quickly into, um, what if we did this full on, like sold everything and just traveled and made this thing happen. And so, um, several years ago we ended up, we sold almost everything that we owned. We put a few things in some boxes, um, and, uh, and, just got, got out of our house and literally just hit the road. And we were traveling for about 10 months, um, and travel all over the world, shooting weddings and shooting couple sessions and meeting up with photographers. And I think that was really the launch pad for it all <clears throat> because yeah, it was, I mean, you just went like all in like, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it was at that point that like, I was able to walk away from that and the portfolio I had after that, mm. It, it, it was exactly what I needed with the brand that I had built. Um, so, and it literally kickstarted it all. So it sounds like, is this kind of a little bit what happened? It sounds like you, you knew that you wanted to travel and you just decided to, to go, to pack up, to go sell your stuff and leave. And then did you try to like fill in the gaps as you went? Like, hey, we're going to be in here. Can, is anybody interested in a shoe? Is, is it, was it a little bit of that? Like we're traveling to this location. Um, I'm interested in shooting. Who's, who's up for it? Yeah, a little bit. It, it um, it kind of, I, I'd say even before that though, it started with Instagram. Like Instagram's just, it was, so, I, I started on Instagram, um, before Facebook before ever bought. cool, huh? <laughs> well, well, I don't want to say that, but, no, I, but you. I, I'd started several years ago on Instagram and I don't think that anyone had quite figured out Instagram yet. And so that was, I was booking about 90% of my weddings off of Instagram. At wait, first. wait, hold it up, pull it up, pump the brakes, yeah. pump the brakes. Yeah. You can't just say that shit. Okay. <laughs> <I> so <know. laughs> what, how, what do you mean? Explain, unpack that a little bit more in terms of how you were leveraging Instagram to book clients and not just clients, but like destination. Yeah. Um, and, and I'll, I'll preface this with this because what I'm going to say, the game has completely changed now. I mean, it, I feel like it changes every week, but yeah. At first, I was um, I was posting very consistently, multiple times a day. Um, I was very strategic in how I talked uh, and about what I showed, um, the hashtags I used. Uh, I was going on and interacting a lot with other people's hashtags, um, making sure I was available to comment back to people, um, trying to get creative uh, with doing live Q and A's and doing these things. That some of it is what I saw some other photographers doing with, on other platforms, and some of it was just like, "Oh, let me come up with this idea." Uh, and it was really just like, "How can I be strategic with marketing?" So, I mean, it was as simple as like, I did something in the very beginning. Uh, it was actually like on my birthday, I think, and I and I decided. Um, I'm a coffee drinker, uh, and I decided I'm going to buy everyone coffee. And so, um, I got like a, I think it was like a hundred dollars Starbucks gift card or whatever. It was like the digital card. Mm -hmm. And I posted it on my Instagram and just said, Hey, here you go. Go have coffee on me. Um, and that ended up turning into people taking that to Starbucks, getting coffee on my dime. And then they were posting a photo of their coffee cup that said like, happy birthday, Robert. And they were like, they ended up marketing for me, yeah. um, which was interesting. And then the next year I took that idea and I said, how can I 
take that even farther and we decided to do this kind of give back or, or, or uh, pay it forward type of thing. Sure. I literally did the same thing, but people were able to add to the card as well. And it, mm-hmm. it lasted for like three weeks where people were just buying coffee on my card and adding, adding things to my card. Um, and it was just like, a, like small marketing things like that is kind of how I, how I started out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, the brand had just built to the point where, um, of course, marketing is still a huge thing for me, but it was less of like, let's buy coffee and more of like, let's, let's partner with companies and make something a little more beneficial for photographers. Nice. So yeah. let's stay on this course of Instagram for, for a hot second here. Um, because it's, you know, it's, it is, um, it's certainly the growing platform. I think also with the stories aspect, there's just, it's, it's like the buzz right now, all the changes that are occurring, uh, the continual innovation. What are some things that have transferred, um, maybe to the, the new platform that Instagram now is that maybe you could talk about some tactics and maybe things that you're doing that are interesting, um, yeah. that you'd like to share. Uh, I think honestly, I think the big key to it now is that, Instagram's grown so much that uh, everyone's figured it out. Everyone knows the tricks. Um, I, I almost I laugh whenever I, I see things that are like, here's like the latest the latest tip or trick or whatever for Instagram and like sign up for our course about this because I'm just like, I, I just don't think that there's much more to it than what's already being done with posting consistently and, and it's about being active on there, right? You kind of have to slightly be obsessed with Instagram to make it be a really big thing for you. Um, uh, and so I, th- I think the biggest key that's changed things now is that there's a lot of spam now. There's a lot of people that know what they're doing now. Um, and everyone's doing it. And so now it's kind of like, how do you sift through everyone and everything? And, and everyone has their own personal brand now. Um, and so it's a little harder to stand out, I think now that everyone's figured it out. So how do you break through the noise? I mean, do you have any recommendations? Oh man, honestly, I, uh, I, I've definitely shifted focus over the last few years. My, my focus was so much on Instagram and now like, um, I personally, I feel like I have, uh, through Instagram dealt with so much of like comparing myself and, <laughs> and, and looking at other photographers and that sort yeah. of thing that, that it weighs you down at times. And it's just like, this is just not worth it. Right. And so, um, so I've kind of focused less on Instagram and I, I still, I still believe that there's a strategy and there's a, there's a thing with consistently posting and being strategic with it. But at the same time, now we have like this algorithm situation going on where it's like, who knows if they're even going to see your post and I'll post a photo that gets 200 likes and then I'll post a photo that gets several thousand likes. And I'm just like, man, like this is not making sense anymore. And so, um, so what has your attention now? My clients. Ooh, that's probably the best damn answer you could have given my man. Yeah. Like I I honestly, like I, I actually, um, (laughs) I, um, I, I feel like I have a pretty, a pretty good view on, on the industry. And, and I feel like I, I stay pretty in tune. I, I stay out of the drama of the industry cause I know there's a lot of that, but, um, I feel like I have a pretty good sense of what's going on. And I think there's a lot of things that a lot of photographers are sensing and seeing that they're not speaking up about maybe because they can't speak up about it. Um, and so there's things that are really frustrating that's happening in our industry. Um, that. Uh, I actually just kind of posted a blog the other day about basically it was more so geared towards photographers, but it was just saying, let's stop the bull crap and, and focus on your clients because ultimately they're the only reason why we're doing this. Can you and that a little bit more. I feel like you're dancing around the subject a little bit. Yeah, like, I am. This is I cool. Am. Do you know what I love about this man? This isn't even like what we were going to talk about today, but it's know, what we're talking about because it's just yeah. a conversation. So anyhow, hey, unpack it, man. I'm curious. I want to know. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be com- just completely blatant, I feel like there's I, th- I feel like there's a bubble that mm-hmm. that is starting to pop, um, and I see it going on where we no longer are a wedding industry, but we're a wedding photography, or we're no longer a wedding photography industry, but we're a wedding photography education industry as well, um, and that's really hard uh, because I see a lot of people starting to jump into the education industry because they can make an extra dime doing it. Right. Sure. And, um, and I, I see 
how workshops have, have exploded and now I, or that I feel like that happened a couple years ago and it's still happening. Um, and then I've seen how now like the boutique conference has exploded. Um, and as great as all these opportunities are, I'm not personally hearing a lot of positivity coming from a lot of the opportunities that are out there. And that's, that's what's, that's what's troubling the most to me is, is that there's photographers that are investing money to go learn and they're not getting out what it is that they need to get out to grow and to become more successful and make more money at what they're doing. Um, and, uh, so yeah, so I think that it's, it's more so this blog at least was more so saying like, in my opinion, um, and, and this is, this is how, this is just my truth. This is how I've gone about my business. But in this blog, I basically say bride and grooms, you should be expecting far more out of your photographers and photographers. You should be expecting so much more out of your educators because, um, there's just, it's just not happening. And it's, it's very sad to see from afar. Sure. Do you have any solutions? I do. Yeah. I, hear. <laughs> uh, I, I don't, I don't want this to be some like sales pitch though. <laughs> yeah, it's all, I, I, yeah, I'm yeah. genuinely interested in what you would propose. Yeah. So I, um, it was a few years ago that I think I, I started to see this happening. And, um, so a lot of how I go about my business is I look at, I look at it from a bird's eye view and, um, and I look at myself and where I need to go and what, and how I need to grow. And I kind of ask myself, what is it if I wanted to learn from, or if, how would I want to learn? How would I want to grow in my business? Um, and I think in asking that question, I've started to build things based off of that. And so one of the things that I, I kind of decided a few years ago is I was like, all right, so if I wanted to grow more, how, how would I want to do that? And that was my answer was I would love to find a photographer that inspired me that I could go and have kind of a long-term relationship with them. And I, every single time I asked them a question, they would answer it flat out, be completely honest with me and, and actually help me walk me through the process because there's some things that people just do better than other people. Sure. And so, um, for example, destination weddings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, in that, I um, I t- kind of tested this this idea out. Um, there was a photographer. Uh, I've been doing mentor sessions for quite a while now. Um, I think that's a common thing in the industry. But uh, one of the people who had done a mentor session with me, one of the photographers out of Canada, had written me afterwards. Uh, I'm big on reviews, and so in their review, um, they had basically said, "Yeah, I wish that." there was a long-term opportunity for this. And so I kind of took that and I tested it out for about a year, uh, this idea of a long-term mentorship. And I basically gave this guy full access to me. And I just said, if you have anything you need, let me know. And, uh, and so we did this for an entire year and it was, it was crazy successful, I feel like. Um, and so last year, uh, a year ago, almost today, I launched um, officially my long-term mentorship. Mm-hmm. And so uh, in that, I took a handful of photographers uh, that basically had that same premise um, who had multiple mentorships, uh, men- multiple, multiple mentor sessions with me throughout the year, um, as well as full access to me via text and phone call and email and whatnot. We have a private face group, uh, Facebook group um, in which we can all chat back and forth. Uh, and then as well, within all of this, we also had an in-person workshop uh, that we did in April of this year here in Oregon. Um, it was like a 17-hour long day. And after that, they kind of had everything they needed to to really go into the rest of the year and cultivate and grow their business. And so um, it's just been wildly successful this year. Uh, and we are – I'm launching – trying to get it out in the next week. Uh, but we are opening up applications for next year. Um, it'll close off after they're filled. Um, but, uh, but yeah, for me it was, let's take this long, long term route of having full access to somebody who can really help you along the way rather than just going to a one day workshop or doing a two hour mentor session. Like those are fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but some people need far more than two hours or one day of a photographer telling you exactly how they do what they do. Sure. Yeah, I think um, it's interesting. I also, though, to push back as well, I, I, 
and when we're talking about the industry at large, I don't know, there's scalability issues, you know, with, with that model, um, in terms of the amount of people that you can, that you can serve and reach. Absolutely. Um, so I think there, those are some potential challenges with it, but for the people who, who make the cut and are willing to put up the the cash and also the investment, uh, or not the investment, but the investment of time, uh, on both ends, obviously it's going to be, um, immense for you guys, for both, for both parties involved. I think yeah. too, it's, um, I think a lot of beginner photographers, uh, maybe have their, their, um, their, the ideas in the wrong place in terms of what's going to actually move the needle for them. I think so many photographers, um, are just trying to learn from, from other photographers and maybe they need to learn from other business people. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, Absolutely, or even just other like like coaches on like appreciation and value exchange and like Absolutely. empathy. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Um, I think that's probably another thing. I think there's too many people who are just trying to figure out like uh, you know whether or not to go Nikon or Fuji or back button focus or or which 35 millimeter. Um, yeah, you know, and, and that, that's that's what's kind of been interesting about this last year is we had such a wide range of of photographers involved in this. Um, and, and just to back up for, for just a second, um, this actually isn't something that I'm looking to scale at all. Um, sure. I'm, I'm kind of looking to have this be a small thing every year. Sure. Um, but, um, the, we had such a wide range of photographers that joined this year that we had some people that were like, they were pretty, um, they were pretty set in how their business was running. They just needed some refinement. And then from there, they needed to know how to go to the next level. And then we had people that are literally just starting out like first year trying to go full time. Um, and we've seen them go full time over the last 12 months. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's kind of been this wide range of like, I go into sessions and it's like, all right, who am I talking to today? This is going to determine kind of what I share because I'm not going to share the same thing for someone who's been in the industry for three or four years. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to share the same thing with somebody who's only starting out type of thing, you know, cause it's completely different playing field. So yeah, of course, which, you know, yeah. I know you mentioned the whole niche kind of conference workshop thing, but I think that there's something that is really that when it's done right, can be really valuable in terms of actually reaching a, a specific, um, photographer who's trying to solve a specific problem. And I'd, I'd even love to see the, those type of things even become even more focused, you know, just like an, an entire, you know, uh, a conference, so to speak, or workshop, maybe conference suggests this large thing. And I'm not thinking large, but entirely just on, you know, specifically like in-person sales or specifically on print. Like I could see Fundy doing a, a, like a little thing on print for photographers who are trying to figure out how to introduce print, you know, into their business. Yeah. Um, rather than, uh, you know, like the big things, I think it's a lot of just rah, rah and, uh, and you walk away with, you know, feeling jacked. Um, but with a little, just a little bit more application. So dude, interesting. Okay, cool. Well, that was a fun little, little side conversation. I appreciate <laughs> that, man. Yeah. Um, totally cool. Okay. Well, let's, let's continue this conversation down the route, um, uh, for destination weddings. Cause I, I want to keep asking questions about this. I feel like to, um, to lose the opportunity to ask you some of these questions would be a waste. Yeah. And so I don't want to waste this time. Um, you you were talking about um, how you started to you just left uh, you were on Instagram to acquire clients and you were really thinking about what you wanted to do. How did you actually identify your ideal client? How did you actually identify that? I think that a lot of photographers are asking me this question: How do I identify my ideal client? How do I figure out who to market to and how to reach them? How did you do that? Yeah, that's a. I think that's a that's a really really solid question. Uh, uh, it's, I think it's, I think it's become very easy for photographers just to say, Oh, go define your target market or go figure out what you want to do. But that's such a, that's such a heavy question, right? Like people don't know exactly how to do that. And, um, for me, I, this is probably the most, probably the most popular conversation I have with photographers is just about how to build a brand and, and get to where you're wanting to go. And so nice. for me, for me, I think it's about asking a lot of smaller questions, Um, so for instance, uh, one of the things I always say is, is think about, or I always ask, like, have you ever shot a wedding that you walked away from and you were just drained at the end of the day, you were just hating life. You didn't enjoy yourself. You were considering putting down your camera and going a different route because it was just that dreadful of a day. Um, so you have that couple. 
Right, right. So, <laughs> so you take that. And then on the other spectrum is, have you ever walked away from a day that's just been completely, absolutely mind-blowingly good? And you just, you could do it every single weekend if you were working with those people and that connection you had and those images you got and the lighting you had or whatever. Um, and so I kind of say, sit down and, and, and think about those two. I think it's really easy for us as photographers to be um, so like we're so image focused uh, that I feel like maybe we don't stop and think a lot. Um, and so uh, I, I'm usually encouraging photographers like sit down, literally get somewhere by yourself, sit down with a pen and paper and think and write and don't go on Instagram, don't go on the internet, like just sit down with pen and paper and write this stuff down. Um, and for me it was – all right, what is it that I really didn't enjoy? When I started picking apart the pieces of that day that just I dreaded, what is it that I didn't enjoy? And then on the day that I really loved, what is it that I did enjoy? Um, and from there, that was kind of the that was kind of the start for me as, in terms of defining that target market. So asking questions like, what are your bride and grooms like? Where is their wedding? What's important to them? What do they value in life? Do they value art? Do they value spirituality? Like, what is it that they actually um, – what do they want to put their money towards? Right. For me, it was like, I want people to really value photography. Um, uh, I think that there's, even with destination weddings and stuff, I think that there's this, um, this mindset, like you need a high end client and that's not always the case. There's some weddings that I shoot that the budget is extremely low and that they just decide to invest half their budget into me. Um, and, and I, I love those weddings. Like, yeah, maybe they're not something that I'm going to put on my blog or something like that. But those people, they value what I do. And, and like I enjoy those weddings just as much as the high-end weddings. Um, love it. Can I dig, and, can I dig into this a little bit more? Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. also thinking, I'm trying to think of my audience right now. And I think a lot of people are, are really responding to this. I'm seeing some of the Facebook comments right now and it's awesome, but I'm also trying to think about that photographer who maybe doesn't have the experience, right? They're, they're relatively new. They don't have mm-hmm. the experience of like the most amazing client or the dreadful client. Maybe all their clients have just been kind of like, yeah, you know, it like got the job done. It was like, whatever. Uh, maybe they haven't shot any, maybe they're only a few weddings in five, 10 and, and they're still trying to figure that out. What do you say to that person who's trying to figure out their ideal client? Uh, honestly, I would say, I would say, um, uh, and, and this is just how the route that I ended up having to take is, um, just shoot, shoot a lot. Sure. And shoot and shoot until you feel emotional one way or the other about what you're doing. I think that's kind of the key. That's what I, I had, I had done photography as well as like video and all this stuff for several years. Um, and that's where I feel like I really learned like what I liked versus what I didn't like. And, um, and so I, yeah, I'd say, I'd say shoot. And, and as you shoot, be very conscious when you go into a wedding as to what it is that you're drawn to inspirationally and what you're drawn away from. Um, Make a note of what those things are on a regular basis because it's not like you're going to sit down and you're just going to pop out a brand and it's going to be refined and perfect, right? This is, I'm still refining my brand years in and it's, it's always an ongoing evolving process. Uh, You're you're always going to get deeper. You're always, um, you know, going to become more niche or more broad depending on what you want to do and where you want to go with it. Um, Yeah, I I wonder too, like, I think that this isn't as isolated of a thing as maybe we're even thinking about it. Because I mean, you didn't just wake up one day and become Robert J. Hill and this brand and the things that you like and the type of clients that you like, like the, the choices that you've made and the circumstances that you've encountered all your life has brought you to this point. And so I think even all photography removed just like free writing and thinking about what makes you happy. What do you enjoy in life? Who are the kind of people that you like to be surrounded by? Who are your friends? Who aren't your friends? Like in really kind of like pondering that kind of stuff. Very, um, very like introspective. It's like self-awareness, uh, I think will bring you to a point that honestly is going to be, uh, pretty damn close (laughs) to, to if you had shot 50 weddings and you were looking back at the clients, I bet a lot of that stuff lines up. Would you agree? Oh my gosh, absolutely. And I think that's the hardest thing to, um, because it's not quite something that you can just teach somebody, right? And they're going to walk away 
knowing exactly what it is that they're supposed to do. It's something that you have to grow into. And there's that that's partly why I took the mentorship route is because it gave me the opportunity to help people guide them through that throughout a year. But it's not, it's not something that's just, you're going to go, someone's going to tell you and a light bulb's going to turn on. You're going to be like, I got it. Like I'm, this is who I am now, you know? Um, and so I think constantly asking those questions, constantly evaluating for me, I'm a very emotional artist. I have to love exactly what I'm doing. And Mm -hmm. so in that I've been so laser focused on making sure that I get the right clients for me. Um, and if they're not right, I'm okay with letting them go. Like (laughs) no harm, you know? And so, um, so let me so, yeah, ask you a question. This this is kind of going down this this route a little bit. Like, what what does inspire you? Um, for me, it's it's uh, I love the outdoors. I'm a very nature focused person. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> bring it back. And, and but no, I mean even even you take you take like the fact that I live in Portland. I live in Portland. I, I'm not from Portland at all. Um, but we, my wife and I moved here partly for a branding and it was partly a brand decision, right? Like I knew that the Northwest had what I wanted for my, for my business. And, and I don't even shoot primarily in the Northwest. It was just being here and being around nature. When I do get to shoot here, I have so many opportunities that it was everything that I wanted. But if I really wanted to shoot cathedral weddings, downtown cities, I'd probably go to New York or I'd go to Chicago or some of these bigger cities that have that way more of an opportunity for that. Right. And so, um, so as far as inspiration for me, it's, uh, at the core, I find extremely genuine, intimate connection between two people to be my, my biggest inspiration. I love being able to help guide, um, two people into that moment, uh, and, and helping them feel very comfortable with me being around them, capturing them in that moment. And so, um, when I can throw that into nature and really get creative with how I'm placing them in a landscape and how I'm lighting them with that landscape, um, that's kind of like the best of all worlds for me. Um, and so because of that, that's, that's what I show and that's, that's all that I show. Um, it's very rare that I deviate from that, um, because that's what I want. Um, and so, but that's also, that's not something that just happened overnight, right? It's been years and years in the making of continuously being consistent with sharing that and with striving after that, um, to get to where I am. Yeah. Love it, man. Robert, if it's okay with you, I want to take just a a quick second to give a shout out, a thank you uh, to a company that helps support what we do at the SFP podcast. Um, I just want to say thank you to Miller's. Miller's has been such a blessing for our studio. And as I bring them up, um, they support the podcast and I also though use them. Anyone who I'm mentioning here on the podcast are companies that I fully believe 100% in what they do and what they allow me to do for my clients. And so we use Miller's Lab for um, our albums and our canvases. And they're just, they're incredible, you guys. The reason why we've chosen Miller's over anybody else is number one, their product is phenomenal. Their albums are gorgeous. Their canvases are gorgeous. Their Z Clay fine art prints are gorgeous. Like they're, the work that they produce is amazing. Uh, number two is it's like so fast. They're so efficient over there. They're faster than anybody else. When we order an album through Miller's, it arrives like in two to three days to our clients. I'm not guaranteeing that, but I'm just saying it's crazy fast, you guys. Insanely fast. And the number three is I love that I can send products directly to my clients knowing that they're going to get there and look gorgeous. They're, they're going to be consistent in quality. They're going to be stunning. And I don't need to go and thumb through every little thing. And so I said to say thank you to Miller's. They've really just, uh, they've, they've done amazing work uh, for ourselves and made sure that our clients then have actual physical prints, actual physical memories uh, to preserve. And, and that means the world to uh, to us as business owners and then for our clients. So, all right. Anyhow, thank you, Millers. Let's jump back in, Robert, and uh, keep the conversation going. Okay. So let, let's, uh, I want to kind of like fire off a number of questions in regards to destiny, destination weddings. I'm sure there's photographers are listening who are trying to attract more destination clients, or maybe they've got a destination wedding booked this year and, um, are maybe a little bit nervous trying to figure out what that's going to look like. Some of the unique yeah. challenges that come about. So let's just talk about that. What are some of the unique challenges that destination weddings, um, offer you? Oh man. Um, well, I'd say, uh, 
first and foremost, you have to, you have to realize that you're not going and, and shooting a wedding and it's not a one day ordeal, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're talking multi-day. Um, and depending on how far you go, you're talking about jet lag. That's a huge thing that I think a lot of people don't quite consider, um, is just what, what are you actually going to feel like physically on the day of, and how do you need to prepare to, to be at your best on the day of, um, I think when it comes to certain places in the world, like the logistics of like legalities, sometimes um, there's some countries that uh, is really not not very easy to shoot at, um, and sometimes it's actually partially uh, they they don't want you there at all. Um, take Canada for example; it's very difficult to shoot in Canada because it's not um, it's not a place that they want. Um, American photographers coming in and taking Canadian photographers' jobs, right? And so, can't take uh, Canadian air because yeah, take yeah work. exactly. Um, and so, I think I think that there's uh, there's also you have cultural differences, language barriers at times. Um, a lot of the weddings that I've shot overseas, uh, the ceremony will actually be in a different language, and so it's kind of like, all right, how do you prepare to know when they're going to kiss? if they're telling a bride and groom to kiss in a different language. (laughs) Um, So I I think that's where like for me, the preparation beforehand of like really communicating well with my clients and and getting those questions answered up front is kind of the key thing for me. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, it's, but, but at the same time, you also have the possibility of, of travel complications. And uh, I mean, there's so many factors that go, that go into it that it's I'd say you're taking your risk level way higher um and at the same time I think that there's one thing I don't think that I realized when I started doing it is um at first it's really easy to go oh I'm gonna travel the world and shoot weddings but once you start doing it you're like oh my gosh maybe I don't want to do this like it's just a lot of pressure to and a lot of risk involved and so um, I think there's a lot of people that, that start to do it and then they're like, nope, that's, this is not for us. <laughs> that was me. That was me, my man. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, um, there's some questions that are coming through on Facebook live that I want to get to at the end of this episode, but I just want to acknowledge you guys. Um, I, I see your questions and I'm definitely going to get them, uh, out. Uh, once again, we are broadcasting this on, on six figure live right now. So I see you guys, um, quick uh, fire off, um, travel tips, um, three, like Top three travel tips when flying for a destination wedding. Ooh, travel tips. Um, one, uh, and this is actually going to, I'm looking at the questions as well. This is going to answer one of these questions from Ashley Griffith. Nice. Uh, always budget in extra travel time. Okay. That is like a not negotiable for me. Um, I know there's some photographers that leave on like a Friday to shoot on a Saturday. I just couldn't take that risk um, because you just, you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm always showing up multiple days in advance. To, and if it's somewhere like on the other side of the planet, uh, I will show multiple days in advance, if not a week in advance, um, and just have some downtime for one to adjust to jet lag, but also just to, you know, just in case of travel complications. Um, so always budget in extra travel time. Um, um, I mean, I think the uh, kind of a, a basic one is really understand the culture you're going into. Um, because there's things that you may not quite know about a culture that you could easily offend people by. Um, and I think that's the last thing that we want to do. Um, and then, uh, along with that, I'd say if you were going to do this regularly, I've, I'm, I'm a very big proponent about becoming loyal to a certain airline. Um, because, because at, at first it's, at first you're like, Oh wow, look, I'm traveling the world. And then you find out what traveling really does to you physically and how, how exhausting it is. Um, and so becoming loyal to an airline I've found allows you to travel so much more comfortably. Um, and that's, that's a huge deal for me. So, um, and not like in like, you know, a pretentious way or anything like that, but just having the ability to be a little more comfortable as you travel is, is always good. Nice. Um, so super practical now my, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to assume something here and I might be off. So let me know. My assumption would be that the amount of gear that you take with you on destination weddings is maybe not as much, um, or maybe you're, you're restricted in that. And so, um, if, if you can't take as much with you, you know, what are you bringing with you? And, and maybe I'm wrong in that. Am I, am I off? 
No, not at all. I can, I actually, uh, I have very minimal gear, but that's both on the local side and on the travel side. Nice. Can um, you just briefly, we don't need to get into a huge gear no. conversation, but briefly maybe no. talk about what you're taking with you and what you're leaving behind or. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I am, uh, if you guys are familiar with think tank, um, yeah. I, I have the think tank international that's different than the regular airport security bag. It's actually okay. smaller. Nice. Um, and so everything I have fits in that and that's all I take. So I have, uh, two camera bodies. I uh, shoot Canon Mark uh, Mark 3s right now. I'm upgrading to the four soon. Um, Mark 3s. I have a 35, 50, 85, and 100 millimeter macro, um, all L series. I have two flashes and um, I use Holdfast gear straps. And then I have the Explorer pouch for Holdfast, and that's all that I have. So I don't even. I take like a bag with me. Um, uh, I have an Ona bag as well as a Holdfast bag. Uh, that kind of I swap out depending on where I'm going and what I'm doing, but yeah. um, but that's not something I have on the wedding day at all. I literally have my hold fast straps, my one pouch, two cameras, and two flashes, and that's it. So yeah. one of the problems that I've encountered, um, I have the Think Tank Airport Security Two, which is like you mentioned, slightly larger. Something yep. that I've encountered is. Um, on smaller planes, um, that's usually <laughs> once you arrive to a location, they kind of maybe will put you over to. Uh, you know, to a nearby wherever, and you're on a smaller plane. Um, I've ran into problems where that won't fit in the overhead and exactly. they want to check it. So does that international, does that fit in pretty fits, much all overhead? Does it fit under the seat? It doesn't fit under the seat, but it does fit in every overhead bin. Nice. Um, yeah. So that's, cool. I, I actually have the airport security as well. And, yeah. and at the beginning of this year, I bought the international because um, I've had to gate check my gear a couple times yeah, and I'm it's the really, worst man. Isn't it? it just make, makes your heart like, Oh yeah. Hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it was, uh, you know, there's been a few times that I've been able to be like, Hey, I have, I have, you know, 20,000 gear or $20,000 worth of gear in this bag. Like I need this on the plane. And a lot of times stewardess are like, all right, we'll put it in the first cat first mm-hmm. class closet or something like that. But, um, there was one instant I had, I think at the early this year or late last year in which they were just like, we don't care. Like you're not putting it on the plane. And so it was after that, I was like, I have to go smaller. Um, and I was just taking so much just things that I didn't need Mm -hmm. as well. Um, just from like, you know, maybe I need a poncho or maybe I need this or that or whatever. And, and so literally, I, I think you look good in a poncho, man. <laughs> uh, I've just stripped all of that out of my bag and I literally take exactly what I need. I have two cameras, so I have a backup. I have multiple lenses and I specifically have 35, 50, 85, 100 because they're kind of, they kind of serve as a backup for me. So I almost always shoot 35, 85. Yep. But if for some reason my 35 went down, I would just switch to my 50 and I, I could make it work, right? 100%. Um, uh, and so, yeah, that, the the smaller international version fits. I've yet to have a problem with it. Nice. I got one more question for me and then we're going to hop over to the live audience right now uh, who's watching on Facebook. Um, the, the one question that I have is is one that I just, I, I've been very interested in, in asking people this who are successful and young. I mean, I know you're not like, you know, 19, but you're young and... Um, You've been at it for a long time, um, but how, like, how do you deal with rejection? This is something that I think a lot of photographers, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs are. I think it's a hurdle that I think a lot of it, like catches people up. You know, a client says no, or are they? Um, I think that's a hard one just to get over sometimes when someone just tells you no, and uh, not take it personally. How, how do you get over rejection, man? Um, give me a scenario. What do you mean by client Dude, says no? Uh, like there's infinite scenarios as a business owner. So you, uh, when I say rejection too, let's just say failure. Like how, like how do you move past to failure? I'm, I'm talking like, um, psychologically in your own heart and your head, how do you get up the next morning and keep going hard at this thing? Um, when you've just hit a wall, um, have you hit a wall before, man? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) There you go. Think about the last wall you hit. How'd you move forward? Um, you know, I think, I think a lot of times when it comes to dealing with failure, um, uh, I think a lot about it. Am, am I, am I upset about my failure because I need to be upset or, or am I upset about my failure because I care more about what other people think about me and what I'm doing. Um, and I think that that is like a huge, huge hurdle that, most photographers struggle with from a psychological standpoint is we look at the industry and 
there's no doubt that our industry has created this like celebrityism with certain people. And it's almost like there's times that I feel like photographers want to be a, a wedding photography celebrity more than they want to be a wedding photographer. Um, and so in that I found that like, for me, it's, it's figuring out how not to care. Um, but, uh, but then in that, like, um, I definitely do a lot of prep to, to try not to fail. Um, of course. <laughs> things, but when it does happen, it happens. And, uh, I think being upfront about it and, uh, if, if it is something that affects somebody such as like a client, if you, um, uh, let me think if you, let's say you go and you go to shoot the first look, but they kind of rushed it and you didn't quite get your flash on in time or something like that. And you just, something happens and you literally don't get a shot or uh, of their first dance and you cannot get a shot of their first dance and it's over. You know, maybe they do one of those, like, we're going to actually dance for like 30 seconds of a full song and not for the full song. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, such like, it's such a terrible move. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think it's, it's being completely upfront with them and like immediately going to them and just saying, Hey guys, I miss this. Like if this is important, we need to get a shot of this. Like I need you guys to go out and dance again or, or let's figure something out. Right. Um, yeah, take responsibility on that shit. Yeah. Um, even as you talk about too, like you know the industry and who are you who are you uh, more concerned about, um, you know what they think about your failure. I think for maybe for you it's the industry, but I think a lot of photographers it's not really the industry per se um, because we're just not there yet. I think when we're just starting out for so many photographers, I mean this is myself. It's like the people that are closest to you. It's like your your family, your mom and dad. You're like putting your stake in the ground and saying I'm going to start my own business and be a photographer. And what if it fails in a year, right? Um, yeah. I think so often we're, we're concerned about, um, what our parents think, what our, what our spouse thinks and, and letting them down. Um, yeah. I think that's where a lot of fear comes into just to add to that. All right, man, yeah. I, I want to get to these questions real quick. We're going to okay. fly through them here. Um, and so let's talk about these. So, um, how do you screen? This comes from Emily on, on Facebook live right now, six figure live. Uh, mm -hmm. she says, how do you screen your couples to see if they're a good fit? Do you've got an answer for that? Uh, I do. I have, um, I've kind of built, um, I get this question a lot, um, because it's, it's weird. Um, I, so I, I'm, I'm very picky about who I work with, but at the same time, um, I only shoot 20 weddings a year. Nice. Like that's, that's max for me. And yeah, so, um, number, and hopefully this year it's going to be even less, but, um, with that, I've kind of turned my website into, my, um, my screening process basically. Right. And so, totally. uh, so when, when you're on my website, if somebody actually goes through my website, they are going to find out really quickly if, if I'm the photographer for them or not. Um, I, I talk about on my website, um, how, what inspires me. I talk about how I go about working with clients, my about page, like the first thing on there is basically my spiel of just saying like, this is what I'm going for. And if you're not that it's totally cool, but we're not going to work. Um, and I even let people know ahead of time. I asked them, um, like if you, if you have a shot list or if you're price shopping for a photographer, I can't promise that I'm the guy for you. But if you do value, if you do trust me, if you invest in me and you believe in our relationship, like we're going to build something beautiful together. And so, um, I think that that correlates as well into my contact form. I ask a lot more than just first name, and email and send me a message type of thing. Like I really want to get the details that I need, um, to, to streamline the entire process. Um, and so, uh, asking things such as like, like how much are you looking to actually invest in your wedding photography? That's a huge question. Um, and really it's going to dictate how I respond because I can't, I can't waste my time if somebody has a $500 budget, I can't use up my time to, to go through the process of responding and meeting up with them and doing all that sort of thing. And so, um, it's, it's kind of been, again, a refining process over the last few years of like, what are the details that I really need to help this client? Um, and really for their benefit of like, am I the right guy or not? I don't want to waste your time as a bride and groom. Um, and so that's kind of helped me do that as, showing exactly what I want, showing those, I have a, a more intimate style. Um, and so showing exactly what I want and then explaining exactly what I want and how I go about it. And then having that in the contact form, uh, and then my contact form as well. Um, and I, 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 
I'll give you, I'll give everyone this link. Cause I don't, <laughs> I don't want everyone to like go fill out my contact form for this. But, um, if, uh, if a bride and groom fills out my contact form, they're going to be directed to a, a different web page, And it actually has a video of me re-explaining what, um, what it is that I, how I go about things and what I do. Um, and it's kind of at that point, like when I send that, that first email back to them, if they, if, if it's not right, like they're not going to respond anymore. Um, and that's totally cool with me. Nice. So yeah, yeah but that, awesome. link, that link is just robertjhill.com forward slash new hyphen couples. Very um, cool. Yeah. I want to go check out that video. Um, Robert, would you mind taking a minute and, uh, maybe, uh, at some point over the next day or two, if you got time, hop in and, and, uh, take a look at a couple of these questions from, from everyone and, and maybe yeah. see if you can, uh, drop them a line there. I know there's a couple other ones that are, uh, that are good that may be a little off topic, but if, if anyone is listening and they're interested in checking that out, it's over at Facebook at six figure photography, uh, and it's episode 15. 55 or 75 episode 75 where you'll see this so dude robert where can people find you and, and learn more about even the the mentorship uh, application process that you have yeah so i'm going to be releasing uh, a couple things in the next week to two weeks um some videos of actually some of the people that were involved this year um and kind of what it's been like for them uh but i'll be releasing very shortly in the next week or two uh on my website robertjhill.com um under the education tab that's kind of where i do all the mentorship stuff uh where you can sign up um instagram is at robert j hill photography um at robert j hill is just like a personal instagram but um but yeah those are kind of my two biggest platforms if you do search on facebook it's going to say robert j hill photographers slash travelers um and uh yeah, those are probably the best the best places. I, I try and limit my social media stuff just because I can't do it all with everything I have going on. So um, Instagram and Facebook and my website is really, really where I, I put all my efforts. Nice. Awesome, man. Um, appreciate it, dude. Thank you so much for talking. Thank you so much for hanging out, engaging with the live audience as well. Uh, yeah. Just being honest, uh, I, dude, I, it means the world. So thanks so much for your time, man. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. Of course. Talk soon. Cheers. Well, there you have it. I hope as you were listening, if you are interested in, in taking on destination work and traveling with your photography, that you were able to gain some practical tips and as well some inspiration and understanding of how to go about doing that from listening to Robert. Make sure to go check out his website at robertjhill.com. Lastly, as many of you know, every single weekday, Monday through Friday, I go live with you guys at the Six Figure Photography Facebook page. And I just want to invite you. I want to invite you to come on in, say hi, give me a thumbs up, leave a comment. It's really a, an opportunity for me to bring you guys behind the scenes at our studio to allow you to kind of get inside my head a little bit, to get you inspired and excited for the week, and then as well to give you like direct access to me. So it, that's what's great about live. You get to leave comments and I can respond and, and chat with you guys. So come on over uh, and follow us at Six Figure Photography Facebook page and, uh, and come live with me Monday through Friday. Thank you guys so much for hanging out, all your support. Uh, I wouldn't do this if it wasn't for you. And so all the love, all the respect goes your way. Way. Keep rocking, keep working hard, make these next few months the best you got. Cheers, everyone.